guys. Welcome back to Swapping Horror Stories. I hate you, Caleb. This is a special edition episode, one that's been in the works for 31 years. It's a Mother's Day episode. Caleb is lip syncing everything that I'm saying and my hand gestures because I do talk with my hands even in this instance. I hate you. Um, and today we decided to compare and contrast two mom movies that we both picked out. So I picked out one and Caleb picked out one. So Caleb, say hi, first of all. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be back. I'm so happy. We actually, so a little bit of background, which I know everybody is getting fucking sick of hearing me say, um, or not. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> <it> a lot? <laughs> I feel like I open every episode with like, before I get into this, let me, oh, just, oh, okay. everyone is going to be so interested. Uh, we actually took last week off from recording. So yeah. it feels like we're back in the studio where we're letting the juices flow. We're making that next hit album. Um, yes. We're doing our best. But yeah, we did take a week off, um, which was nice, I guess. We <laughs> didn't yeah. really notice, to be honest. <laughs> when you said we took a week off, I was like, oh, yeah, we did. Huh? When? <laughs> I'm just used to see, <laughs> seeing you that like it didn't process that I hadn't seen you. Um, so that's nice, I'm sure. Um, my name is Lauren. I don't know if I said that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, Caleb, what mom movie did you pick? I picked a movie, and this is going to surprise you. I picked a movie that I had never seen. Um, it was called Turning mm -hmm. Red. Um, and I had heard about it. I had heard it was really good. Um, and so I was like, you know, I have interest in seeing this. And I, I know there's... Uh, uh, a mom dynamic in the movie. So that's the one I picked. Which one did you pick, Lauren? I picked Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, which I picked because not every mom is an actual like mom. There's people who step up mm. into that role. And that was specifically mm. why I did pick this movie. Also, mom is in the title. So it just came mm. to mind right away. And then I was like, actually, this is a good reason to pick it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, comparing, contrasting, I think, why don't we go back and forth? Why don't you kind of introduce, set the scene for Don't uh, Tell Mom, and then I'll do it for Turning Red, and then we can kind of just get into the round table. Okay. Um, we watched both of these movies. Both of us did, I'm assuming. Did you? Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did we discuss that? <laughs> um, okay, so don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I didn't look up the year this came out. I'm assuming late 80s, mid 80s. Um, it is about a bunch of siblings who are stuck with a babysitter because their mom is going to Australia for two months in the summer. There's two older siblings, um, Sue Ellen or Swell and Kenny. And then we have three younger siblings, which I don't remember their names, but Danielle Harris is one of them. She is also, um, God, what is her name? The little girl in Halloween four and five, who is Michael Myers's niece. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and we got Christina Applegate in this as well. We have the brother from Adventures in Babysitting as Kenny, a whole new role. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> um, and so ultimately, the mom, I feel like, granted, we don't really get to see her a lot in the movie, but I don't necessarily feel like she is the most present parent. She doesn't necessarily like reinforce strict boundaries with the kids she kind of just lets them do the bare minimum to get by it seems like um which again like that's her parenting style whatever and they don't dad is not in the picture so Mm -hmm. she's going to australia with her boyfriend for two months she hires mrs sturak loose nylons mcgee over here (laughs) (laughs) And she is going to live in the house and watch all of these kids for two months. Who knows how much she's being paid, but it is a lot, I'm assuming. She's sweet as can be. Second mom rolls out in the cab. She completely changes, but she does die within the day. So that's good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, She just sucks. Like she's trying to make the youngest daughter dress more girly. She um, like crashes one of the young boys dates, which I don't know. And then she's just like crazy to all of them. Kenny, the oldest brother doesn't even meet her, but she goes into his room, sees how filthy it is. And I assume she just died of shock (laughs) because they find her (laughs) swell, finds her dead in the armchair either that night or the next day. And so he gets home and they end up um, deciding like, no, we're not going to report this because mom will come back and we don't want to deal with her. And they were like, well, Mrs. Sturrock said she has no family. So they decide the most logical thing to do is to stuff her body in a trunk and leave a note on it that says nice old lady inside died of natural causes and they drop it <laughs> off in a morgue <laughs> and when the two guys i did put in some one-liners that i think i'll bring up at the end actually okay um so after this like swell dis- and kenny like kind of face off on who has to go to work it ends up having to be swell she works at this place called clown dog she meets a boy they start to have a little flirtation Mm -hmm. and then she ends up quitting because she's miserable there and she goes to work in an office she applies for receptionist and she's like completely fibbed on her resume she's lied about her age She's lied about her work experience. And right away, they're like, actually, you're going to be an executive administrative assistant for Rose. And should I describe this movie this in depth? (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, this is in my experience of corporate America. This is this Mm -hmm. is all right on. Oh, I mean, first of all, when it comes to your resume, it's not a lie if you believe it. Um, that is a George Costanza line. <laughs> um, number two, to take someone that is so inexperienced and be like, "Hey, we're going to move you up." That is right on par. So, but I'm 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 loving this in depth. Thank you. And so, you know, lots of montages. Um, she does take petty cash from the drawer at work mm-hmm. to kind of 
Is that my dog? Ugh. I think so. Your dog is against theft, uh, which she... I am fine with. I'm not condoning no. it, but yeah. uh, From these corporations, corporations make a lot of money. Yes. Not. It's not stealing. Small businesses, no. <laughs> um, so it kind of like montages she's taking petty cash the kids start taking cash from her purse she owes more than she's earned and then um the receptionist who was actually supposed to have the job that swell got um is on to her and she actually happens to be clown dog's sister and the boy at clown dog <laughs> i'm just gonna call him that um <laughs> What was her name? I don't even know. But I actually felt bad for her. I know she's supposed to be the villain. But if I had been working at a company for a long while and someone who has less experience than me, doesn't even know how to send a fax, rolls up and takes my job so I'm forced to stay in that role, I would be pretty bitter too. And there are scenes where like Clown Dog is talking to his sister about like, oh, I don't know what Sue Ellen like – is doing because she the sister thinks he's talking about just like this teenage girl that he's dating which she's right and (laughs) she says stuff of like she doesn't deserve you like she's weak like flaky whatever and it's supposed to make us not like him and marissa and i had said like well if it were your brother you would say those same exact things like she doesn't know what's going on um And they end up, like, fighting uh, Clown Dog and Swell because she will not tell him where she works. And it's because she knows that the receptionist is his sister. So it just, yes. Um, Also, one thing I really wanted to, well, no, I'll keep going because I have some questions and comments. So ultimately, the company is going to go under. It's horrible students don't want uniforms i didn't mention that this is like a fashion company but it is (laughs) and um so swell is like i have this idea here's like the new uniforms that we can offer we'll host this event at my house it's wonderful the kids finally clean up the house they power wash their they had a pool i didn't even know that they did (laughs) until they were cleaning it um And unfortunately, at this event, um, mom decides to come home um, like one week early for some reason and is upset about the event. And Clown Dog also shows up and he's upset. The only person who is not upset who you would expect them to be upset is Rose. She is just like laid back. She doesn't care. She's just (laughs) here to earn money. And I can appreciate that. So everyone finds out Swell is 17. She's been lying this whole time. And um, it goes over well, though, ultimately, because Rose (laughs) offers her a job, um, offers to get her connections at these universities for fashion school. And then um, the mom is like, oh, my God, wow, the house is clean. The kids are changed. Kenny cut his hair and he's cooking. Um, my one kid has a broken leg. <laughs> <And so, laughs> um, it really worked out for Swell. So that's the whole thing. Um, now, hold on. The yeah. ending scene. What does it say on the, the tombstone? 
Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. So the closing scene, credits are rolling. The two guys from the morgue are putting flowers on the older lady's grave, the babysitter. And they go, I'm going to miss her or I miss her. And they're like, you didn't even know her. And he mentions like all the money that she had on her, which feels weird that they just took that. You would think, you know, maybe there's a fund that goes into (laughs) Um, but the gravestone, it did say, nice old lady inside, died of natural causes, which I do love. And I feel like it's yes. not allowed. Um, but that was, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. There's more scenes and there's a couple things that I do want to bring up. Um, but did you want to describe your movie and then we'll go into both? Or should we just focus on one at a time? Would you like to maybe give your kind of rating um, and then we can transition to the next movie and then we can kind of talk about it? Or do you just yeah. want to jump into turning around? Okay. Okay. Um, ultimately, I give Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead five out of five. This is the best. <laughs> but like, hear me out. It's good. It's rewatchable. <laughs> it's quotable. Okay. I would. Okay recommend it to anyone and everyone i think anyone would enjoy it um besides mrs sturrack probably but (laughs) i do have i guess i'll say the comments that i wrote um so we could talk about those and then go into turning red and then we could do the compare and contrast okay so um first of all i loved when the mom was like talking about why she has to go on vacation and she says i'm 37 years old and i need a break and i felt that (laughs) um i also loved that sue ellen goes by swell i think that is such a cute nickname and also she looked so good in this movie um the fashion was great yes did you love it i i did it it had an indelible charm it was it was um how can i say that it it had character it had uh it it was bold it was brash it uh yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it it was good um i also loved when the guys at the morgue uh said when they found mrs sturrack I don't mind death. It's the lifting that gets me. Um, (laughs) It really killed me. Um, Also, I loved Kenny in this. I think he was a really fun character. Like, just the small details of when he ran up the stairs and he started breathing heavily because he got wounded. Um, Just, if you have seen Adventures in Babysitting, which you have, it's your mother's favorite movie. Um, it is one of hers, yes. It is very different um, from his role in that because he is like a do-gooder. Mm. He is a nerd, mm. everything. Mm. Were you surprised to like see him in this role? It was It was definitely uh, what range uh, is the best way I could describe it because my God. <laughs> yes, he is a diverse actor. From sweater wearer to stoner. Um, I really (laughs) liked his character development a lot because for a comedy in the 80s, and he's not even necessarily the main character, he 
develops because he is a stoner. He's probably not going to graduate on time or at all. But then he gets into watching Julia Child. He cleans up. He cuts his hair. At the end of the movie, he's like, you know what? I'm going to start going to class more often. I want to go to culinary school. And I loved that for him. One thing I did not like about his development is the only way that he could get the girl was for him to get a haircut, I guess. But I guess it goes deeper Mm. into like he's cleaned up his act. Maybe that's what the haircut symbolizes. But I don't think he needed to cut his hair to be a clean guy. I would agree. You would assume correctly if you assumed that I took offense at that that one would need to cut their hair in order to um, be a functioning and contributing member to society. Now, I'm not yeah. here to make the case that I am those things, but I do know many people with long hair that are. I knew a doctor with long hair at one point um, that identified as male. So I I know and that it exists out there. Braid would just get into all of the <laughs> surgeries. That, no, it would get out. in the tongue depressors and... <laughs> Um, ew, gagging. Um, one of my favorite interactions, like I love the small things in movies, but Swell goes grocery shopping and Kenny says, you only got one bag of chips. And Swell says, we could only afford the necessities. <laughs> Iconic. Um, I also loved that drag queens stole um, their car, which actually was Mrs. Sturrock's car that they were just driving around since she was dead. Um, and I love how they were like Liza, because one of them was dressed as Liza Minnelli. We also had Marilyn Monroe and then someone else. I don't know who. Um, and then, okay, I wanted to talk about, I don't remember his name, but Rose's boyfriend. Okay. Trash. The worst. Um, Why'd you shrug? That that was my you're not getting an argument from me shrug. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, because he takes um Swell out to lunch and he's super creepy. Yeah. Like he's very forward yeah. to where he's like, um, we could have sex. He actually says coitus, which I hate when people say that. It is like red flag. That... I'm sorry if you say it. That... But... <laughs> I don't. I say it as a joke sometimes because I know yeah. how cringe it can be. Like if yes. I'm if I'm tra- if I'm working the red room and I'm trying to get a laugh, yeah, I'll throw out coitus. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I really hated that, and the fact that like he just was skeezy. Um, mm. He just was trash. I did love Rose. I thought she was just so wonderful and not maybe not wonderful but she just definitely like was actually a likable boss um which often you don't see in movies like she was very understanding she went with the flow for the most part she really had a lot of praise for swell even when she probably shouldn't have um (laughs) she also had the iconic line which was every girl over 25 should have a cucumber in her house um okay which did make me laugh um (laughs) and i also want to say at the end of the movie swell reveals to rose that 
the skeezy boyfriend had like made passes at her and Rose immediately believed her. And then even at the end, when it's revealed that Sue Ellen is 17, the boyfriend goes up to her and he says, you're going to believe some kid over me. And she's like, yeah, I am. So I loved that that's still like maintained. I thought that was good. And honestly, you never really, you don't often see that in movies where someone just believes without questioning. So loved it. Yeah. Um, And then I also loved at the end when um, Rose says to Sue Ellen, about like what the people think of her and the event or whatever and she's like they're all just a bunch of old whores <laughs> um i thought that was iconic i thought she had a lot of good lines her and kenny really had a lot of good lines because also when the youngest brother falls off the roof and breaks his leg and they're in the er and kenny goes i should have been reading green eggs and ham or some shit like that to him <laughs> i thought that was so funny the one thing i don't like about kenny is he did have a confederate flag in his room and that just felt strange um and not yeah. to like generalize but they were in california so i don't really know yeah, a little maybe maybe it was rebellious. I guess they were trying to be like, oh, maybe. he's rebellious. Uh, but um, I don't we know. Next time, pick races. a winner. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we took it for what um, it was. <laughs> exactly. So, what would you give this movie out of five? I would give this movie a rewatch. Is I don't want to disappoint you. Um, you could disappoint me. You already have. 2.5 <laughs> out of 5. Shut up. Why? I thought it was okay. I thought it was all right. I thought it was, like, don't get me wrong. I think the reason it got a 2.5, the reason it got bumped up to a 2.5 is I think Rose huh. is a great example of girl boss gatekeep. Um, and I forgot the other one. Yes. Uh, but. Uh, Gaslight. Gaslight, that's it. Um yeah, I mean, it was okay. It was, it was all right. Steven is upset <laughs> with you. Marissa is, is upset really? with you. Yeah. Well, they were going to be. They will be because Steven literally just posted a meme of don't tell mom the babysitter's dead the other day. And I said, we're watching this for the podcast. And he was like, my favorite scene is when they're cleaning the house. <laughs> and then I told Marissa that, and she said, that's my favorite scene too, because it was so can we? Can we I'm never not release this episode? No. Can because... we just never release this episode then? No. No, I want people to see you for who you really are, which is a hater. Everyone I'm the fucking I'm the hater. hater. No, I'm the everyone fucking... thinks I'm the hater. I'm the Yzma, you're the Kronk. And really, you're a hater. I am a hater with cause. I fucking, I, cause? I don't just. When's the last time you saw this movie, Lauren? Like a year or two ago. But I've seen it many times. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I remember 99% of the movie. Like from memory, obviously. Look, I it it just wasn't for me. How's that? Okay, what did Natalie think? Yeah, she thought it was all right. 
Ugh. You guys, oh my God. It was su- it's such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Don't agree with Caleb. It is wonderful. You, you I I it. encourage I encourage everyone to watch it, form your own opinion. Um I uh, That sounds I, like something I know, a hater would say. I know that I've become a trusted voice for your uh viewing. Um, but I, I, I very much have. encourage you, you know, I've always <laughs> I don't think you, you have to. I have to tell you, Marissa was disappointed with your rating and death becomes her too. Why are you I, doing this to me? Why why couldn't well, you have this conversation with me privately? Why couldn't you have pulled me aside? Why couldn't you have stopped recording for a minute and been like, hey, because you knew, like, how am I supposed to now recover from this and do a show? Like, how am I supposed to It is to because I am the Barbara Walters of this podcast. <laughs> I will make you uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I just thought you should know. So, I I do appreciate knowing. I, um, you know, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I uh, yeah, all of these no. movies. You don't know that I've got I a, I've got five years left in the tank. You don't know what I'm going to do with those five years. Um, five years turning red. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to uh say about the movie that you picked? Not that I could think of, um, unless you have anything that you wanted to bring up or any points, anything like that. I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm mad at you because you don't want to talk about it more. <laughs> I what what can I say about this? What movie? was your favorite um, scene in the movie? How about that? The credits. Uh, no, I'm Stop. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think I, I think the I'm gonna text Marissa that you did not like. Don't it. no, I'm I gonna, can't because well, want her live reaction. Okay, okay I guess about your favorite scene. Um, probably the cemetery and the, the, I, I think it was such a full circle moment of just, um, you know, uh, the, everybody gets a happy ending, right? Yeah, but it was the, the eighties. All of the movies were like this. (laughs) Um, Even die hard. Okay. Look, I know that you're angry and you're taking it out on me and you're trying to make me feel the way I made you feel by rating this movie a 2.5. I am not going to allow myself to be brought (laughs) down to such 2.5 levels. I know you're taking our Lord and Savior diehards name in vain, and I'm okay with that. I forgive you. I hope in time you can forgive yourself. I have nothing to forgive myself for because I feel happy and content <laughs> with how I'm acting. I don't think I'm out of line. Um, so I will say Marissa wrote back three separate texts in all caps. What the fuck? And she's been typing for a minute now. So she has opinions. Um, I know. I don't like this. It's been a while since I've seen Marissa. I... <laughs> I, you know what, Marissa, if I could talk to just you for a minute, 
we saw this coming. We know Lauren is jealous of the friendship that we have. We have seen this coming. Let me finish. I know you're outraged, but as soon as you heard that we were best friends, you... Can I finish? Can I finish? As soon as you heard that we were best friends, you hated it. You hated it. You have done everything in your power to undermine it. You have done everything in your power to make sure that you drive a wedge between our friendship. And you know what? If, If that's how you want to choose to approach this situation as your friend, um, I respect it, although I don't encourage it. Um, All I'm going to say in conclusion is that... Everyone has um, zoned out. (laughs) (laughs) Including myself. Uh, Did she text back her opinions? Not yet. Um, But... I did tell her what you said your favorite scene was. So we're going to see what she says. She's not going to be happy. That will also make her mad. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's. I should have said the cleaning. I should have fucking said the cleaning. You should have. Too late. Um, So (laughs) turning red. Caleb, let's get into your pick for Mother's Day. Let's do it. Uh, Pixar movie. Uh, It can be found on Disney+. Plus. In fact, Lauren used our Disney plus account to watch it, which we were thrilled. Did you like, uh, so, um, in my phone, Lauren, I changed her name to lawn because I just thought it was funny one day and I've just ran with it. And Natalie really thought it was funny too. And so we set her up an account and Natalie goes, I'm going to put her name as lawn. And I said, okay, pick out a picture too. And she picked out Zach Efron from high school, the musical. And I thought that was fucking hilarious um, i do relate to zach efron a lot okay what was his name in the movie troy bolton thank you um i, I was always um I, I was who was the gentleman uh uh corbin blue uh oh. so um anyways uh turning red so they're coming to this movie you know well, I, I hadn't seen it. Um, it's a fairly recent release. I think it was 22 it was released, but I could be incorrect in that. It could have been earlier, could have been later. Um, anywhere between the 1800s and present, it was released. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so there, I was in a positive way, very taken aback by this movie. I think there is a lot of things that me coming to it as a white um, cis male, uh, there are a lot of things I'm missing in this movie. And and I don't mean that in like a, you know, include me in the club, but in a like, there are a lot of meaningful things in this that I don't understand because I don't have the lived experience of a woman. I don't have the lived experience of um, th- that uh, culture, um, which I think there are a lot of nods to and a lot of... Um, you know, just really sort of a, my assumption, of course, is that it was really kind of a, a, a look into a, a, an, a way to identify, you know, have representation in media uh, for these cultures and have it in an identifiable way. Um, and I don't mean to say that in sort of, uh, you know, painting with a broad brush or, or doing this in sort of a stereotypical way, but 
I definitely felt there were moments in there that were relatable, not to me, but someone that had that lived experience. Um, so basically what, what, it, what it is, is, you know, we follow uh, May May, um, who's, you know, star student, um, just following in her mother's footsteps. Uh, her mother is Ming, I believe. Um, and so she goes through and she's, you know, doing all these extracurriculars and she's she's getting straight A's and she's you know she's helping her mom at the temple she's helping they they own a temple and you know they're doing she helps her mom work there and she helps her mom clean there and she just like she desperately wants her mother's approval and just desperately you know wants that relationship with her mother and her mother is uh, very much overbearing and very helicopter mother like I got secondhand embarrassment from um, May started drawing pictures of this uh, boy that worked at the uh, convenience store and her mother sees it, loses her shit, takes May, drives down to the fucking convenience store and slams it down and says, you did this to my daughter. And it's this guy fanfic as a mermaid. And I died at that. But at the same time, like, Everybody from school was there and uh, Ming, May's mother, was like, stay away from my daughter. And, you know, Ming thought she was doing the right thing. She thought she was protecting her daughter. She thought, you know, she was she was doing all these things. And then um, it kind of reaches a boiling point. And I'm not making this up. I was not fucking high when I watched this movie. But May turns into a red panda. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which I fucking love. when you were saying I have not had this lived experience of this culture, I thought you were going to say I've not had the lived experience of a red pant. <laughs> <laughs> I also have not had that. So, um, well, but uh, <laughs> so um, there, there are definitely parallels between May um, getting her period and um, just kind of her starting to be expressive and emotive and finding out the person that she is and come to find out that her turning into this red panda, she does, she turns into the red panda when she, she feels emotions strongly. So whether it's, you know, she's feeling lust or love, or she's feeling angry or she's feeling anxious or, or anything like that. And um, so apparently it was a, a genetic thing. Um, I, I don't know if any doctor has, has commented on this movie, if it's a genuine condition, um, but everyone. <laughs> well, it was a curse. The... <laughs> Not a curse, yes. but it was like a, a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's passed down through through the mothers and her mother had a had a panda that she locked away with a ceremony in a pendant that she had and her grandmother, the same thing. Her grandmother had it locked in, I think it was a bracelet. Um, And so it kind of, you know, throughout the movie, um, uh, May wants to go to this concert with her fucking all-star friend group. Her friend group was fucking ride or die. Her friend group stepped up to the plate Every time there was a pitch and hit a fucking home run, like good <laughs> God, this friend group fucking slayed. And I loved them. I loved them. There was Priya. There was um, 
I loved the Korean woman. Who what was the Korean woman's name? Because she was she's fucking a thirteen-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> the Korean girl's name. Um, but they they were always so supportive, and that ends up being her piece. The way that May can kind of you know calm herself, center herself, and the way she can go back to her human form is thinking about how supportive her friends are and and the love that her friends express to her. Um, and so basically what happens is they really want to go to this concert um, for, it's a boy band and they're called, I. it's for something. Is it forever or it's for, it's town. for some for town. That's right. And um, there's five. Of so them. <laughs> there is five of them, but um, they, they need $800 because each ticket is $200. There's four people in the front group, including me. And so, they find out that everybody fucking may has been trying to hide the fact that she turns into a panda. But once she turns into a panda in um, the, the uh, restroom, um, some of the girls that are in there just lose their mind. are like, we want to take pictures. So they profiteer off of it. You know, they really yeah. lean into it and it's May's idea. And May's like, we're going to get this fucking bread and here's how we're going to do it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, she goes through and they raise all this money and there's kind of this turning point moment of, you know, she goes to this party, she gets angry and she, um, I wouldn't say attacks because she was so justified in fucking going after Tyler. She yeah. was, she was antagonized and responded appropriately um, and scratched one of the uh, bullies um, faces and so Ming shows up. Ming is fucking furious. And she kind of throws her friends. May kind of throws her friends under the bus, like doesn't really say anything and lets her mom yeah. think that it was all her friends ideas and stuff like that. And so fast forward, they're doing the ritual so that the panda can be sealed away in some form of pendant or something like that for May. And May is like, she, she gets to this uh, spiritual place. Uh, it's full of bamboo and there's this portal that she kind of has to walk through. And it's like, as she walks through, it tears the panda from her. And she has this conflict and just this inner turmoil. And as she gets through, it's a real struggle for her to get through. But as she gets through, she kind of looks back and she sees um, the panda. I almost got choked up at this moment. Um, she sees the panda <laughs> and the panda like fucking, no, it's okay. Uh, the panda kind of looks back longingly and she's like, fuck this. Didn't say that it's a Pixar movie, but she's like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep the panda. I'm not going to do, if you don't do the ritual on the orange moon, or I think it was the blood moon, um, you oh, can't yeah. do it again. And the more you turn into the panda, the harder it is to keep it, keep it quelled. Um, so she's like, fuck this. I'm going to be the panda. And you know what? I'm going to go to the fucking concert too, because the ritual was holding, taking place on the night of the concert as well. So the friends went, she did not. Um, so she's like, I'm going to embrace the panda. I'm going to be the panda. And so she does, she goes to the concert and, um, <clears throat> she's in panda form and her mom is fucking heated, fucking heated. And, her mother's pendant breaks. And so she turns into the panda because the, they, they all are pandas. Uh, they all had this panda, but all of them locked it away. And her mother is yeah. this towering monstrosity and it is hilarious. And I 
fucking loved it. And so her mother is going through the streets and just taller than buildings. And she, she comes to this like sports dome and like a rips open the retractable roof. And like, there's this like showdown a little bit and they end up doing the ritual. And, you know, in that moment, May kind of sees that her mother was going through the same emotions that May is currently going through. And her mother wants her to be like her out of fear that if she isn't, she'll lose that connection with her. Um, and she doesn't really know how to foster that connection because May's mother's mother, May's grandmother, um, treated May's mother this way. And so she it's kind of a foreign concept to her. So she, yeah. as May's mother walks through the, the portal, she kind of looks back and May is like, I'm... I'm still, I'm going to keep the panda. I'm not going to lock this panda away. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. And um, Ming has one final call and is like, please just come through. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to lose you. And they kind of have this heart to heart about, hey, I want to be me. And I, I don't want to have to strive to have the best grades. And I don't want to strive to, um, you know, have to do these things that I don't want to do. But I do want you to know I still want to maintain this relationship with you. I still want to maintain this connection with you. And um, so she embraces the panda um, and they use it in kind of the prototypical Pixar wrap up scene. Um, you know, everything's okay. Like they've embraced it. They all learned a lesson. They all, things are different, but they're the same. Um, and everybody. So grew. everyone got a happy ending. Not everyone. Um, there are a couple oh. people in there that did not. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I thought, um, God, this is going to make me sound like such a hater. I thought it was an incredible movie. I would give it five out of five. Um, I would you? Okay. <laughs> I would. I loved it. I think there was such a deeper meaning uh, within it, I think it was. I think it was a very touching story. I think it was very fun, and I think, I think there's a lot of it. I don't give it a five out of five because I'm like, oh, there's so much more to this movie that I don't understand. But I do want to recognize the fact that I, in this movie, I made a lot of assumptions, which is not fair. And um, at the same time, I, I still think it's a very needed movie because there are plenty of movies out there of a fucking white child just going about their business and like, I'm going to be the hero of the day and all this. And to see this story told was so refreshing and just was so nice. And I deeply enjoyed it. So go ahead and hate on it, Lauren. Okay. Honestly, I really didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not doing that just because really? you didn't really like. Yeah, I <laughs> I wrote didn't love this. Um, I do think that they're like I agree with everything you said. I it was an okay movie. Would I ever watch it again? No. Do I feel like I don't know on the on the side of like how it relates to getting your first period and all of that and like just being boy crazy and you're young and all of that. I did find those parts 
and maybe it's because I have no emotions 90% of the time, cringy, but also very unrealistic about how these girls interacted. Um, I just didn't love it. And honestly, I probably would give it like a two or two and a half out of five. Um, (laughs) We are very different people, but I'm not (laughs) saying that that doesn't mean it's not a good movie. But for me, I just would never watch it again. Like I didn't really, I didn't have the emotions that you had when you watched it. That, and I think that's interesting too, because I, all of the lived experiences that this movie addresses, I have none of them. And for me, I think it's right. very interesting for me to be like, this is a five out of five. Yes, I loved it. And for you who has the lived experience to be like, yeah, that didn't happen. Um, I think it's more <laughs> important. And I think your voice should be elevated uh, in this regard. Of Why like, are you like this? <laughs> it doesn't have to be. <laughs> It, it doesn't have to be, but I, I think it should, like, not to, okay. like, get well, on some soapbox or some high horse, but please go ahead. What did Natalie think about it? Natalie loved this movie. See, <laughs> what would she give it? <laughs> she would have given it a five. See, we're all different. <laughs> well, she's not a hater, so. Yeah. Well, I would say she kind of is a hater if she didn't love Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. I love Natalie. Um, All right. What was your favorite scene in the movie? I literally didn't even have one. Um, I'm so sorry. The credits. (laughs) Uh, No, you can't fucking copy paste. Uh, I did, let me think. I did like the scene with the dad when he found the video camera of the girls like performing Mm. and it shows May like switching back and forth between the panda and herself. And he like sees it for what it is where he's like, I could see that she's liking this. I also liked, I don't know who said this, um, but they're talking to Ming and, they're like, what if her panda is rooted in love? Like, because Ming hmm. is so scared of hers because it's angry. She attacked someone when she was younger, when she was in panda mode. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that showed a lot too, where it's like, yeah, we're the same, but we definitely aren't at the same time. Like, mm. yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> Thank you for sharing them, I guess. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so, how weird is this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Caleb, what did you do this week? Anything fun, exciting? I I actually, so since we are, I'm happy to answer that question, but I actually have some kind of mother's day, because I, like genuinely don't think there are a lot of similarities in this uh, between these movies. I, oh, I yeah, mean, we I'm were sure supposed we to come up with contrast. some. Yeah. I don't think a lot of comparisons exist other than one, they're both movies and two, you know, kind of taking on roles no. that maybe you don't want to and finding yourself. Um, 
maybe that that's a comparison. Please go ahead. If you have tons of comparisons, I'm happy to hear. Um, I would say both of the main characters and in general, like the kids in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead and then uh, May and her friends are really under misunderstood by the main adult in the movie. Mm. So for them, it's the mom Mm. for this one. It's also the mom. Um, Mm. And it's on different levels where may and Ming obviously have a healthier relationship. Ming is more involved in her daughter's life, but also Mm. not like she doesn't actually know who her daughter is. And to the point where, um, her daughter is scared to express herself. I would say, and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. The kids are definitely not afraid to express themselves, but they unfortunately Mm. are just beyond that. They are expressing themselves (laughs) in ways that they should not be. Like she does not like have any type of, I think structure for them. Whereas Ming has Mm. a lot of structure for May. Um, I agree Mm. with taking on roles that they probably shouldn't at that age i mean obviously with swell she really shouldn't have been working at a huge corporation and lying about her age and like taking care of the kids the way that she was but they just didn't want to confess to someone dying and then having mom come back whereas (laughs) may i do think she she often talks about being an adult but she's 13 and that made me very sad for her um And she doesn't really recognize that she is a kid and Ming still treats her like she's a kid, but has higher expectations. She's working. She's doing stuff nonstop. She can't even hang out with her friends until post panda. Um, So I do think there's some similarities (laughs) um, and a lot of differences, but it's interesting to not interesting, but like you can stack them up and be like, okay, these parenting styles are very different. Um, like yeah. I don't think Ming would ever leave her daughter for two months <laughs> to go to Australia with a boyfriend. Yes. So, yeah. There we go. I, so in, in line with the mother's day theme, I do have some mother related questions. Okay. Um, and they're not really about your mother redacted okay i do know her name though um you do (laughs) but i i'm i'm curious do you do you have desires to be a mother and if so (laughs) where do those desires come from what a weird deep personal (laughs) question (laughs) um no i don't As of right now, I don't. Uh Um, I've never really felt like I had, like, the mom gene. I think if it happened, Uh maybe, or maybe if, like, I met the right person who made me believe that, like, it could be easier to raise kids, then, yeah, that's something I would consider. I'm not, like, a solid no, but as of right Mm -hmm. now in my life with, like, how I feel and how I am around kids, like, I just don't see it. Um, but I'm not going to say it's off the table forever. Um, I, but I just don't. Yeah. What about you? Would you be a mom? (laughs) Um, yes. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, I am a hard no on kids, um, for various reasons. One, I know how selfish I am. 
I know like, yeah, I would turn into a miserable person because I would have to put them for like, there's no question. As soon as that child yeah. enters that world, I, I come second that, and that's the way it needs to be. That's the way it should be. And I, I can't do that. I don't want to, you know, and it's easy for me to he- sit here and just theorize about like, oh, this is what I would have to do as a parent. And this is what would be asked of me. But I, that is, that is a living, breathing being. And that's a lot of pressure. I, yeah. And if I, I would turn into such a miserable, per- like, yes, there would be times where they fucking drew me a picture and I would lose my mind. And there would be times they say something super cute and like taking them to uh, uh, the father, daughter, father, son dances or, or, you know, just like being there and like, Hey, could you help me do this? Um, I, uh, yeah, though my cup would overflow with, but I know that the minutia to kind of get there, I would be so miserable, um, to kind yeah. of answer your question though, someone that I know, I think Natalie would be a fantastic mother. Um, I think she has such a fantastic way of thinking outside of her help herself, um, and has really encouraged me to do so as well. Um, and it's one of the ways that she's really helped me grow, you know, as a human being. Um, she does not want kids because of her because of her condition and stuff like that. But like at the same time, I I think she has the capabilities. If she ever had a desire, I think she would be such an asset to her child's life. Um, but we're just getting cats. So no, thank you. <laughs> That's so completely with- valid. I support it. I think, I don't think everyone's meant to be a parent and often that's how I feel about myself. But there's times when I'm like, you know what? I do think I could be a mom, but I also just feel like, like I said, I would have to have like a partner where I could be like, okay, yeah, like you would actually make my life easier if we had a kid. And also if I could just yeah. get a guarantee that they're going to be perfect when they come out, you know? like <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's so funny. Not a lot of the crying, easy to raise, all of it. Potty trained, like yeah, zero emotions, um, never yeah. talks back. Uh, <laughs> they're... It's funny. The reason I think and say that Natalie would be such a good mother too is because it sounds so stupid and so cringe, but the one time I actually thought maybe I could have a kid is in watching Spy Family, the TV show. It's an anime and seeing Anya Forger because she has such a sense of wonder and she's so fucking yeah. funny and she's just so... But Natalie said... Even if we were guaranteed we had Anya, she would be so bored with us. And I was like, you are 100% fucking right. And I I think that is another merit of her her self-awareness. That's good. Yeah. Follow-up question for you. Okay. Oh, what were you going to say? I said, do you have any? I was going to say, do you have any more Mother's Day questions? I do. I do. Do you have a favorite memory between you and your mother? 
I wish you would have asked me this before because I'm blanking. <laughs> Do you want me to share mine while you think? Yes. My single mother. Um, <laughs> um, so my mother introduced me to a lot of music. Uh, and so a lot of my music uh, was influenced by her, the music that I listened to. So like she showed me when I was really young, she would always play Billy Joel in the car and Harry Nielsen and Boston and just like heart. And just, uh, I think she played a lot of Fleetwood Mac too. I can't remember. Um, but the one that I always gravitated towards was Billy Joel. And so for her birthday one year, my brother and I surprised her with Billy Joel tickets. We called her on the day of the concert and we said, we pretended we were from a radio station and we said that she had just won tickets to Billy Joel. And we took her and it was just this weird kind of poetic and symbolic moment that, and I'm rolling my eyes as I say that, but it was, I cried at the show. Um, that was like, everything came full circle. Right. And it's one of those moments in life where you're like, okay, this feels very scripted. Like this, this feels obligatory, but at the same time, yeah. it's because of the meaning behind it. And so getting to go to that with her and share that moment of like, Hey, this is something you gave me. And now I can give this to you was probably one of the best memories I ever had of my mother. The second memory was when I puked all over myself and she made me fucking take my clothes off outside <laughs> because she said, you're not coming into my house with those fucking clothes. So, <laughs> What a mood, an icon. Um, I have to tell you that I can't listen and think at the same time. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so maybe a memory will come to me and maybe it won't. Um Okay. All right. Um, who is your favorite fictional mom? Ooh. Um, I would say... Are you listening, Marissa? I no. would say oh. Roseanne from Roseanne. Uh, not really. Oh. Uh, oh, I was... I... <laughs> Um, the mom from Seventh is- Heaven. <laughs> um, I'm going to remember that, by the way. I'm going to say it next time we're out of dinner. I'm going to be like, have any of you watched Seventh Heaven? And she's going to lose it. <laughs> I've been, I follow this guy on TikTok and he keeps doing recaps of Seventh Heaven episodes. And that show is just so fucking crazy. I have to send you them, Caleb. <laughs> I laugh out loud at every single recap and then I send it to Marissa in a text message because I know that she'll laugh. <laughs> I have to send you one. Um, favorite? Do you have a favorite fictional mother? Um, Let me think. I think it's hard for me to pick a favorite fictional mother because my mother was just such a superhero that, you know, it's hard to really equate anything. You're so annoying. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I have had enough. Um, I, uh, um, I don't, I don't even know what to say after that. I would have to say Lois. (laughs) 
um, from okay. Malcolm in the Middle. I And I do Ooh, also really pick. love Roseanne as well. But I would say Lois is one of my favorite TV moms. I think she okay. is hilarious. I think like a lot of the times in that show, they do the boys villainize her, which you do that with your parents when mm-hmm. you're young, especially like mm-hmm. teenagers. But mm-hmm. I just loved her. I thought she was really funny. I love that pick. I think, yeah, she was so villainized. And like, as a kid, when I watched it, I was like, she fucking sucks. But like, looking back on it, I'm like, this woman yeah. loved her kids so much. Did you see that someone bought the Malcolm in the Middle house, tore it down, and they put, like, the most minimalist-looking piece of shit house? Like... That is disgusting. It is. It's horrible. Um, I don't like this. I don't either. Um, Yeah, it's not good. Also, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say after all. But I just kept going with it in hopes it would return. (laughs) <laughs> so turns out it didn't. i reached out so on this podcast there is a mother on this podcast her name lauren her child noodle and yes. noodle rated you as a mother a two and a half out of five said she would never what can i say about <laughs> What do you think Noodle would say about you as a mother? Other than I would, she won't stop taking pictures of me. I would say, <laughs> well, I don't want to like give myself so much credit, but I would say like four out of five. Um, I feed her. I take her to the vet. I take her to the groomer. I stare at her constantly. I think she is the most <laughs> perfect little angel that could do no wrong. Also, I got her out of her previous living situation, which that in itself gives the four. <laughs> so, uh, I think, I think you she'd rate deserve me high. a five. Oh, thanks. I think you deserve yeah, a five. Yeah, she spends so much time. Like, I'm with not. Me. Um, a fun fact is that a lot of people think that Noodle has always been my dog, which is not true. She actually mm. was my ex's dog. So, when. Mm we split a lot of people were surprised that I she wasn't mine and that like I had to make sure that I got her so um Hmm. but yeah I'm obsessed with her we're the same person and she cannot die so yeah (laughs) do would you say that she's almost like your inner panda no not at all she is my child. Come on. <laughs> no, she's not my inner panda. Um, she is my baby. Duh. Isn't it crazy how long we've <laughs> talked about the movies today? I have to bring it up. We, we never I do know. this. It's to be exhausting. Fair, the, oh. Two. We watched two movies. <laughs> yeah, but we even then we talked about movies. each. I know, but. For each, we talked about them for 30 minutes. Usually, it's like 15 to 20 minutes when I'm editing. You, I'm like, damn, we really didn't talk about the movie. You fucking texted me and you were like, hey, I'm taking more notes because we don't talk about the movie. So I was like, okay, I'll talk about the movie a little bit more. Little did I know, little did we know that in our fashion, we were like, 
let's put this up to 100. And we both were like, here is our synopsis. Here is how we broke down the movie. Here is what we thought about the movie. And it's so fun. So I also want to make mention, like, I was like, when we started recording, it was still light outside and I didn't want to turn on any lights. So I just opened the window over here and now I'm in like complete darkness and Laura is over there and she's just looking at the shadow, like making things move. I know. And slowly. the sun is still out. Barely. Sometimes at least when you when you sit more back, a lot of your body just disappears into the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just close your eyes. Um, that makes me think of a TikTok that I have to send you. Um, all right. So um, we are doing something exciting this weekend. Um, we, we are doing something this weekend. I don't know that I would call it exciting. I'm excited. I know you are. And like, I, I don't want to yuck your yum. I don't want to dim your sparkle. Uh, Well, let me say why I'm excited. I'm excited to go to this event with you and Natalie to experience it. I'm excited for the jokes we're going to make, how weird we're going to feel about it. Um, I also think um, we should go with a theme of how we're dressing. Um, I was thinking circus okay. chic, um, but yes, we're going to a circus this weekend. I got four free tickets. Tell them where it's at. Tell them where it's at. Bandamere, which is like a racetrack type of thing. Yeah. Um, it's so called the nuclear if, circus. If it wasn't enough that it, like, uh, God, you have to post a picture of those tickets because if it wasn't enough, <laughs> like, you're immediately hit with, like, okay, it's a circus. And you're kind of like, all right. Yeah. Um, all right. Whatevs. And then you look and, like, there, I, my life choices run counter to a lot of the people that go to Bandamere. So the fact that I paint yeah. my nails, a lot of people would draw issue with it that go to Bandamere. And that's not to say that everybody there that goes to Bandamere would. Um, yeah. My long hair, the way I dress. Um, I, My brother um, that is closest to me in age was very athletic. And I... Um, think of myself as an artist so that can kind of you can fill in the gaps there <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, but well, i would always hang out think, with because think about how we're go gonna ahead. go to bandamere to see a circus so honestly you might fit in pretty well that is true um the so the whole point of that was the i would um the way i would bond with my brother in the early days was I would, I'd play basketball with him or I'd, I'd play sports with him and well, I'd show up. Um, and so he had a friend who raced trucks at Bandamere. No bullshit. And that's like, if that's what you want to do, that's great. That's cool. I have zero fucking interest. I just know in a car that there is a pedal on the right that will make it go forward. Sometimes if you do a little bit of magic, it'll make it go backwards. Um, So (laughs) like I have been up to Bandamere for some of those events and just, I was, how can I say this? I was one of one at these events Uh, and, and not in a, not in a way of, I was like, I had main character energy or anything like that. I am 100% a non-playable character, but like 
I I am a side character. You were the background character that they, yeah, you were the background character that they throw into, like, the light is a joke. And then we forget Yes. Yes. If this was Star Trek, I would be wearing a red shirt because I would die as soon as they had the opportunity. Um, (laughs) So that gave me pause. And then the gentleman who, for a clown, I gotta say, made some great fashion choices. Um, But (laughs) as anything else, I gotta say, I am not thrilled with the fashion choices. Uh, so I'm very, I'm interested. I'm going to keep an open mind. I hope that we do some Instagram photos and we perhaps do something well, with that. Okay. Um, do you want to do the circus chic thing though? Cause I could wear my plink, my plink, my pink blazer. <laughs> now I do. It depends okay. on how hot it is though, because if it's oh, that's like, true. Ugh. Yeah, if it's, and I can't believe Marissa, I was going to message her, but then I was like, no, I'm not going to be fucking weird. And two, that would be annoying. Um, But Marissa does not want to go. Blame her. I cannot. But um, I'm (laughs) sure she saw the tickets too. (laughs) No, I tried Um, to get her and I was like, don't you want to come with us so you could hear the jokes for when we talk about it on the podcast? Because I think what when if, we talk about this circus, it needs to be a whole episode of its own, like a movie. Oh yes, oh yes. That. What if you meet your husband there, Marissa? What like I don't know if that's you being like I don't want to meet my husband. I'm worried I would meet my husband there, and that's why I don't want to go. Or if it's just like no, I fuck. Or maybe it's a mixture of all of them. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, I will say I am excited because there are going to be dancing dogs there. Um, they're oh. poodles. Yes. Um, oh. that's, I went on the website just to see what it's all about. Um, so <laughs> good. I will uh, say, okay. I, I will say yeah. I got, when I saw that there's going to be a human cannonball, I was like, okay, I'll watch that. I, I gotta be on it. I'll fucking watch that. So yeah, I've never been to a circus before, so this will be exciting. Okay, I'm gonna get cotton. Candy. I don't think I have either. Okay, you're gonna get cotton candy. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, I do have. We're going with circus concern, chic. and not to be um, like. Yes. Not to be like I do CrossFit, and you should too. But I do, I do have objections to zoos and circuses in regards to how they treat animals. But I will put that aside. I will, I will, I know the tickets were free, so I know no one's profiting off of it. I know. I don't think there's any animals at the circus besides those dogs. And apparently I think they were on America's Got Talent um, and America's Most Wanted as well. How do you go from America's Got Talent to a fucking circus at Bandemir? Like, at that point, aren't you just like, you know what? I'm going to hang it up. I'm good. I don't Honestly, I don't need like, the $15 what, check. Okay, but if you're on America's Got Talent with the dancing dogs, what is up from there? Like, that probably <laughs> is the peak, to be honest. Because it's getting you business. You probably weren't getting booked before. Now... 
you are at a circus in Bandemir and they have like nine shows that weekend. Holy shit. Or more. Because I think there's three on Saturday and Sunday, so six. And then, yeah, there's nine because it's Thursday through Sunday. Holy shit. I know. Um, and I suggested we go Sunday instead because I get paid. <laughs> what if I want to buy random shit? I want my goddamn cotton candy. I want to get a shirt to commemorate. I want. No, a no, shirt. I don't want that fucking hanging around. I want around. a shirt. <laughs> I do, depending on the aesthetic of the shirt. Um, okay. I am just so excited. They have something called the Wheel of Death. No. I bet someone okay, will so, die. I, so here is a thing I wanted to bring up. So I'm terrified of amusement park rides. Like I can do water park rides, but amu- like roller coasters, Tower of Doom, shit like that scares the yeah. fuck out of me. And I was like, for the podcast, I would have to go on these. And I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. We could do that if you want to. Maybe we can make a vlog. Like, okay, okay. If we do, do you like a chicken? <laughs> okay. Do like a check-in? Yes, we should. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. if we do Patreon, we'll do that. <laughs> like people okay. really want to okay. see you ride a roller coaster and pay money <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, that'll be a poll. We always say that and then we never make a single poll. <laughs> That is true. That falls on me. I would like to take uh, responsibility for that. Uh, yeah, but you're the editor, and uh, yeah, you're right. I it does fall it, on you. So I should text you and be like, hey, remember <laughs> when you said you'd do this? Um, no, I do not. <laughs> oh, well, um, I'm pretty content with ending the episode here, if you are. I think I, think I am. Do you want to give us... I, of course, have a pitch to make, but before I make the pitch, oh, yes. do you want to give us a check-in on Countdown to Taylor Fest? Um, well, there is a Taylor Fest next month. Um, I want to take my niece. But then Eras, oh. the Eras tour is in July. I'm still mm-hmm. debating on what I want to do for my outfit. Um, I was debating on a look from the Look What You Made Me Do video, so I did buy part of that, but now I'm like, maybe I'll go in a different direction. So I'm indecisive. I just need to start working on something, and then I think I'll be able to decide. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Thank Um, you. And with that, uh, hey, Marissa. How you been? This has been a long episode. I hope you made it to this part. Um, Boy. Our friendship has been tested this week, hasn't it? Um, whether it, it was Lauren driving a wedge. Lauren's not even listening, so I can say whatever I want. Lauren driving a wedge. <laughs> Lauren trying to... Please don't. Uh, Lauren really showing her jealousy for what it is we have cultivated through our hard work. Um, anyways, um, you know it is a, a wish of mine, a dream of mine to get you on this podcast. Um, but I don't want to make you feel pressured into anything you don't want to do. So um, what I was thinking as an incentive to get you to lend your talents to this podcast, your absolute Gemini energy, um, 
is <laughs> not only would we let you I have to discuss this with the co-host. Not only would we let you pick the movie, not only would we let you pick the length of the episode, but in addition to all of that, in addition in addition to tier one and tier two, I'm ready to give you tier three as well, which is I will tell you where I buy my nail polishes from. Do you care? Probably not, but that's okay. Lauren is Lauren is gearing up. Lauren like leaned back and took a breath in because she's about to fucking take the wind out of my sails. She breathed in as if that was the wind in my sails in an effort to take it out of them. And she's getting ready to say she doesn't care. She won't give a fuck. So go ahead. Have your moment, Lauren. Go ahead. I actually think she'd be interested, but not enough to come on the podcast. <laughs> That's fine. It's if and I anything don't think would actually I, gatekeep. If she asked you, you would tell her. That is true. I would. Um, I'll. See. I would send her a message right now. But that's the thing: is even if you you take me up on all of these things, whether it's the the guitar hero, whether it's my hair secrets, whether it's where I buy my nail polishes, I am willing to give those all to you without uh, expectations that you come on this podcast because that's how I feel about our friendship. Fucking eat it, Lauren. Oh, she just rolled her eyes because she's she's above she's above responding. She's above responding. Well, okay. To be honest, part of the time I did kind of zone out because sometimes you really go on for a long time, <laughs> and then I just start thinking about other things. Um, but I just don't care about this as much as you think I do. You um, say that now. I guess I do. Sorry. Um, anyway, Caleb, where can people find you if you want to be found? You can find me clipped in at Spaghetti Hands on Peloton. You can also catch me at the occasional Olive Garden, wherein I will also swing by Lauren's work after and say hello. Um, <laughs> and you can also catch me as the, uh, co-host of Swapping Horror Stories. Lauren, where can people find uh, you? They can find me on Instagram on an account that I never post on called Listening to Lauren. Um, hopefully <laughs> one day it will happen. <laughs> but you guys could also email us at swappinghorrorstories at gmail.com, which... Um, there's an episode of new girl where coach goes to like this teacher thing and he's exchanging emails with someone and the guy says mm -hmm. Gamail and I read it as that every single time. <laughs> and I have to consciously say Gmail instead of Gamail. <laughs> so that's okay. stuck with me. All right. Well, smell y'all later. All right. Bye.